Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to be with you. Thank you for uh, joining us here at the bridge. A little bit of a different uh, weekend for us. There's a, another event happening um, that's celebrating the 150 years of, of Adventist health care. And so a lot of our folks are, are there. But hey, a good showing at the bridge. Amen. Yeah. Uh, loving that. And, um, but we didn't have first service, so that was a little, that was a little strange. Um, but we're here for the bridge and really thrilled to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, being a part of what we're doing this morning. So coming up, um, this, we've been in a series called Here We Grow. We're going to finish up Here We Grow really next week. Um, and I really, I want to encourage you to come and, and be a part of next week. Uh, kind of a special time that we will have to to cap off the Here We Grow series and some really powerful elements that uh, we really want you to be a part of and, and be here and be, and, and be present for. So I'd love for you to come and make sure, you're, I'm really thrilled you're here this week, but come next week for sure as well as we finish up Here We Grow, all right? All right, so let's pray and we'll dive into today's message. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the worship that we had this morning, just powerful Beautiful to hear the voices sing praises to your name. And God, right now, we just ask that you would be present in this place, that your spirit would move, and that you would um, that you speak directly to us. That if, in fact, God, we need to grow, and we all do, that you would have a word for us this morning that would help us to grow, that would compel us to grow. So may you be present here. May your spirit be at work. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, sociologists and psychologists have a term to describe 19 to 28-year-olds who don't make the transition, who don't make the transition from being in their parents' home to kind of being out and on their own, independent of their parents, and sort of doing their own thing. And the sociologists and the psychologists call this a failure to launch. <laughs> so if, an, if a 19 to 28-year-old, when it's sort of socially, we sort of have this expectation that they transition from their parents' home um, out into their own home and they become independent, they begin to kind of do their own thing, live separately, and have their own life, um, they term this, this phenomenon um, Failure to launch. And so that's, that's very interesting, very interesting concept. Now, I'm not, I'm not dogging on anybody here. I know we have some 19 to 28-year-olds, and you may very well still be hanging out at home. That's cool. Different, different things are happening in the world today, right? You have uh, the cost of college is really, really high. So a lot of times it's a slower journey through university now, a little bit different. You hang at home a little bit longer. Um, there are other factors that play. People aren't getting married as early as they did in the past, so you stay connected a little bit longer. So I'm not, I'm not dogging anybody, but it's just an interesting phenomenon, and it helps us to begin to kind of understand uh, or to at least have um, a little bit of contrast to spiritually what God expects for us in terms of our growth and our maturation, all right? So... In terms of socially, what we do here as, as people, um, we are expected to, at a certain age, grow up and move out and become independent, kind of doing life on our own, right? That's, that's kind of the, the process for us. We mature, we grow up, we start to do our own thing. 
Now remember a couple of weeks we were talking about, and I said, it's different spiritually for us. And that's what we're talking about. That's primarily what we're concerned about, although the two are somewhat connected at the same time. We're concerned about a different process, and that is this. Um, Whereas when you are here and in this culture, you start out at home and you move to independence and doing your own thing, when it comes to spiritual life, you start out far from God, wandering separate and in some ways lost apart from God, and God woos us back home to where we're supposed to be. So we move from being out there and lost and separated on our own, independent, and we move back towards God into dependence upon Him. Finding our life and our, and our source of strength and health and well-being primarily in Him, becoming dependent upon Him, being at home with Him, doing life with Him. So, so the process is different, right? We, we want to return back home and spend time with God. And this is the original plan. This is, this is everything that God had in mind for you and me. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what we just described. So remember in the garden, we looked at this before. Genesis chapter 3 is post-fall. Adam and Eve have sinned. And they hear God. You can put those verses up if you want to, Alyssa. Um, they, they hear God walking in the cool of the day. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. They hear God walking in the cool of the day, and, but something had just happened and they had sinned, so they're ashamed and, they, and they're naked, and so they hid from God. And as soon as sin entered the picture, and with that sin came shame, there was this separation, and, and slowly but surely, humanity began to drift from God, right? Independent. Doing their own thing, disconnected from God. And God comes along and he asks that most vital question that we've been throwing around a lot during this entire series. And that is, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We gotta, I got to keep coming back to this because this whole series is about sort of turning up the spiritual temperature of our lives so that we spiritually begin to mature and to grow, that we spiritually begin to move back to where we were supposed to be with God, not wandering around out here independent, alone, separate from God, doing our own thing because we think we got a handle on things, right? But in fact, to come back to God. And so the question you have to ask, we have to ask, If indeed we're interested in maturing and growing and becoming all that God intends for us to be is, where on earth am I? Where am I? Here's the deal. You know where you are. Don't play the game. That's not, it's not denial. This, we're not, it's not about pretending and, and putting up facades. You know where you are spiritually. You get it. And there's this, there's this, there's this impression and there's this voice from God that comes and it's, we kind of shove it down and we ignore it. And we kind of go on about our business. But you know where you are. And some of us, we, we recognize that even as we sit here this morning, we're kind of out. Here, man. We're just kind of out here doing our thing. 
And we're, we're not real sure. We're, we, we hear God calling. We're not real sure how we're going to get back home and how we're going to leave our independence spiritually and come back to God and become more dependent upon him. We're not real sure, but we know where we're at. And man, if it's, if it's, if it's just a sin issue, if it's just a sin problem that, that's sort of dragging you down and it makes you, it makes you not want to come home, Here's the deal. God can handle your stuff, man. <laughs> God can handle your sin. In fact, you are not an embarrassment to him. He's pretty much seen it all, people. <laughs> so there ain't nothing that you've done. or nothing you, There's nothing that you're doing right now that God would kind of go, ooh, let me, um, you know. No. He just says, come home. He just says, come back. In fact, that's kind of a prerequisite for you. <laughs> Remember, Jesus, Jesus did this great thing. He was, he was hanging out with some sinners, which was kind of a, often the thing that he did. He was hanging out with some sinners, and people kind of got mad at him because he was hanging out with the sinners. And, and Jesus turned to them and he said, look, it's, I came for those who are sick because the healthy don't need a doctor. So it was kind of a prerequisite. If indeed you want to be a follower of, a follower of Christ, kind of the, the deal is he's kind of into sinners. But he's not into them staying that way because once you come home, once you come home, once you answer the call to return to home and dependence upon Christ, he begins to change you, grow you, mature you into the person that you were meant to be. But it's all about coming back home. And if, so if it's a sin thing that you're kind of going, I don't know if I can do that, it's all right. It's all right. Come on back. He invites you into relationship with himself. He says the best place for you to deal with your stuff is at home, not out there kind of wandering around doing your own thing. He said, come on home. I know the Christians get a little uneasy because you're a sinner. Hello. They are too. But he says, come on back. Come home. I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. So we move from being out here kind of caught in our own little world, doing our own thing, independent of God. And God moves us back and he calls us to this place to be with him. And to live in relationship with him and to find, to find life in relationship with him and to, to grow in that experience. If, in other words, the, the best way for us to grow is to actually move back home and to do life with God in relationship with him regardless of where we've been. So our passage this morning is found in John chapter so if you have a Bible or you want to follow along on the screens, uh, go there with me and we'll look, at, um, we'll look at John chapter 15. It's all about what it means to be at home with God, to live in relationship with him, to do life with God. It will sound very familiar, so you will, you'll know these passages for sure. And um, so uh, I'm reading uh, John chapter 15. I have a New Living Translation, a little bit more modern translation. You read what you have, and we'll hear it together. But verses 1 through 10, uh, John chapter 15. I am the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. We're in verse 3. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me. That's critical. Verse 4 is, is where it's all at, where it all begins. Remain in me. Some of your translations will say abide in me. And I will remain at you. Come home and stay home. He says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. You can't grow apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, there's that word again, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who, part, who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, there's that word again, you may ask anything you request, anything, any request you like, and it will be granted. My, verse 8, my true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. Verse 9, I have loved you. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. Okay, so there's a lot there. But basically, for, for what we're talking about this morning, he says, it's one thing to come home, right? It's one thing to come home. It's another thing to stay there. And the challenge with you and me and the challenge with our spirituality is it's so easy to come in and to go out. It's so easy to sort of, to, to kind of be with God one moment and then to be disconnected from God the next. It's so easy to sort of be transient. Or it's so easy to at least kind of have the appearance that, yeah, I'm with God, but in my heart of hearts, down deep, I know I'm not really with God. But he says, the best place for you to be, the best thing for you to do, is to remain, to abide, to do life with me. Don't just come in and out. That's no way to do a relationship. That's no way to do life together. Don't just be here one minute and then gone the next. Come and be with me. Be present with me. Love me. Be here. In fact, the word, um, the word abide there, the word remain, is kind of interesting. It, it means this, to have unbroken fellowship with someone. Unbroken fellowship with some. It means to dwell at one's house, right? So there are these, there are these friends that you have that every weekend you guys kind of hang out, you get together, Right? And it's just natural for you to hang and you, you just have, kind of have that relationship. And so maybe you, you have like Sabbath lunch, you eat your cottage cheese loaf together and all that kind of thing. Or your Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so you hang out, right? And you're, you're there. And, um, and before you know it, you look up and it's like 7 o'clock. And you're just still, you're just hanging because you just have that type of relationship. And then you're like, well, well, let's order pizza. And you, you get pizza. Um, um, and you, you get stuff. And you, you hang some more. And then you'll pull out the board games and, and the Uno cards and the Phase 10. Right? Do people still play that? Adventists still play that? No? Y'all are no fun, apparently. Nobody's hanging out at your house, apparently. 
No, but you, you just are there. You just present and you abide and you remain. And the imagery that John puts out here is this powerful imagery of being present with God. To be with Jesus. The context, remember the context. This is the night before Jesus would be killed. So you might imagine that Jesus, as he's going to speak to his disciples, is going to talk about the most important thing. If you got one last word to say to the people who matter to you, you're not going to spend any time talking about the weather, people. And so Jesus, as he anticipates what would come the next day, speaks to his disciples. He says, the most vital thing for you to do is to abide. He uses the word 34 times. Abide, remain, stay with me. Stay with me. Jesus thought that it was important as he was about to leave his disciples. Hey, you got to stay with me. And prior to this chapter, in chapters uh, 14 and 13, what you read there is this idea that not only did Jesus tell his disciples to remain with him and to abide with him by his spirit, but he also talked about his dependence upon the Father. He talked about how he and the Father are one and how, they, how, how he trusted the Father, how he relied on the Father. So Jesus wasn't asking us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. And Jesus, by the way, didn't need to grow spiritually. So if it was absolutely essential and vital for Jesus to remain with the Father, how much more critical is it for you and me to find life with Jesus, to do life with him, to come and to hang out at his place and never leave? You see, it doesn't, um, you can't be connected to the vine by simply hanging out near the vine. You cannot be connected to the vine by just being in the general proximity of the vine. You can pull that junk off too, right? You can. You can pull that junk off. You can, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Woo. But in reality, you know where you are. And you know that there's no connection to the vine. And there's very little, there's very little compelling you towards connection with the vine. And so you, we long for, we desperately long for, God just place the desire in me to want to be with you. To want to turn away from all the other junk that is merely a distraction from finding life with, with you. Now, interesting thing, if you go to the Old Testament, um, in the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's actually God's people, it's Israel. They were called the vine. So if you were to do a little bit of a word study and go to the Old Testament and look up vine, everything sort of uh, focuses on God's people, Israel, as being the vine. And God's ideal, his plan with Israel being the vine, the vine being the place where you draw spiritual nourishment from, um, the idea is that God would have a people that were so connected to him that as they went out into the world or as they were 
uh, as they were in community together, they would draw people to them. And within that community, people would find the true vine who is, who is God. That was the idea. But here's the problem. You always see, right? And we all know this. If you read any of the Old Testament, you see this constant drifting away by Israel. So they could no longer be the vine because they can't stay connected themselves. So how on earth are they going to have people find God through them when they themselves can't stay faithful to God themselves? So you get to the New Testament. And what does this verse start out with? Verse 15, chapter 15 and verse 1, what does it start out with? He says, I am the, the true vine. I am the true vine. I am the real deal. I am the one in which you can find true spiritual life and experience the nourishment and experience the, the, the life that you want to experience. I am the true vine. When I, as I have come, I'm fulfilling what was meant to be the vine experience. I am the vine. You can't look to anybody else. You can't look over here to your friend who appears to be more spiritual to you. You can't look to the preacher. You can't look to your church school. You can't look to, you can't look to your Adventist hospital. You have to look to the true vine. You have to connect to, be with Remain in, abide with, commune with, be with Jesus. And practically speaking, practically speaking, I think what that means is at some point during my day, I just kind of stop and I'm with them. Or it's, it's, a, it's a constant, here it is, here it is, here, it's a constant resting in the reality of the fact that God, that Jesus has not left you, that in fact you are with him. And maybe it's just some gratitude. It's some gratitude just saying, thank you, God. Because when I'm with you, I know that I have life. When I'm with you, I know that, 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 that I'm going to be all right, that things are good. And even when things are bad, I know it's, it's all right because I'm connected to the vine and you're going to grow me. You're going you're gonna to help me mature and become so much more, God. Thank you. Maybe it's, maybe it's moments of gratitude. Or maybe it's moments of just giving. Maybe it's moments like I experienced so much out here on 436 where somebody doesn't know how to drive. And I don't call them a name. Not even in my head. <laughs> right? What does it mean to be at home, to abide with? I think it may just simply be some peace and some rest in knowing that God is present and I'm with him. And I'm with him. So here's, here's another part of this. Um, and we're going to look at, real quick, we're going to look at... Um, the story that, that you all are familiar with, and it's the story of the lost son. Um, because like you said, there's, it's one thing to come home, it's another thing to remain at home and to be with God. And what we're talking about is the key, one of the most essential keys to growing spiritually is to actually be with God. Because he is the one who nourishes, he is the one who strengthens, he is the one who 
who helps us to mature, or who matures us, actually. He doesn't help us. He actually does the maturing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know the story of the prodigal son, or the lost son. If you go to verse 17, it's, chapter, it's Luke chapter 15. We were in John. This is Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 19. Check this out. He says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired men have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger, he says. I will go home to my father and say, that's what we want. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired hand. So here's the prodigal living, living out what we're talking about. He's far from God. God speaks to him. He responds and he begins. He, it actually says he comes to his senses. He gets sober. Wait a second, Pastor Bernie. Are you actually suggesting that there are addicted, unsober people in this church? Absolutely. I know it's awkward, church people. I want to talk about that. It's weird. But it's real. And I'm not so naive as to think that there aren't broken people hooked on stuff, even in our church. Far from God, disconnected from a true source of life and living. Deeply desiring to come home, but there's this roadblock of junk in the way, right? Right? You want to be sober. You want to have your senses about you. You want to make it back home, but it's hard to let go, especially when you've been connected to everything but the vine, right? But don't fret, man, because God is still at work. He's still on the throne. He's still the omnipotent one. He's still at work. He can still step into whatever darkness you're caught up in. He can still, he can still like break chains. He still does that. He still, he still engages in the work of setting people free. He says, don't, don't hold off. You know, you, you may not even know where you're at, but there's something in you still saying, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I need to get home. And so it clicks. It finally comes together for the prodigal son. And he begins to make his way home. And notice the attitude of this one who wants to come home. He says, I don't care to come home on my own terms. I'm just going to go home. And maybe if the father sees fit, he'll just let me not even be a son. I'll just be one of his servants. Coming home is a pretty humbling experience, or it should be. See, you don't, you don't come home and begin to make demands on the household, right? You don't come home and say, I'm going go, to have my way now. I'm home. You should be excited I'm home. Now I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm in charge. No, no, no. You show up at home. And by the mercy and grace of the one who drew you home, you say, I'm here. I, I, I'll serve. I'll do whatever. I'll sleep in the, in the servants' quarters. I will do. There, there's, no more, there's no room for pride and arrogance. I'm just, I'm here, and, and, 
and I'm just grateful to be here because this is what the father's going to do. You know the rest of the story. The father sees him from a long way off, and he goes running towards him, and he, and he, he wraps his arm around him, and he celebrates the return of the son. The son in his mind is going, look, dude, just, just chill. I'm, I'm just cool to just take a room in the back. And the father says, no, 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 I'm celebrating this son. I'm going to put a ring on his finger. We're going to kill the, the, the calf, and we're going to have a, some meat, and we're going we're gonna to do all of that. Because my son who was lost is now found. My son who was far off has come home. And here's the thing. God draws us back in humility. But in his mercy and his love, in his mercy and his love, he accepts us as his sons and daughters and he lifts us up. (sighs) You spend your whole life running around out here doing things far from God, trying to be somebody independent of God, trying to do your own thing, trying to be somebody all excited about your title and your academics and what you've accomplished and all that. And God says, come home and be my son. That's the best thing you can be. And you come back home in humility, broken in many ways, still hooked up, hooked on stuff, and still got hang-ups, and still got baggage. And the God of the universe lifts you up. He embraces you. And because of your association with him, you are somebody pretty important. Because the Father loves you, and because he, you matter to the Father, he he lifts you up. He, he says, you are mine. And, and dude, make yourself at home. This is a one-shot thing. Don't, don't, this is it. We're not, you're not running off anymore. You're here to stay. You're here to stay. And that's the, that's the power and the beauty of, of what happens when we return. We begin to find our source of life and strength in abiding with this God who's been crying out for us to come home all along. We go from being independent and lost out here by ourselves to dependence upon God, leaning into him, abiding with him, a continuous, uninterrupted fellowship with him and it is from that reality that I draw my strength that I become everything that God intended for me to be and here's the step that you may have to take here's the thing that you may have to do honestly deal with the question of where you are and you know where you are and the Holy Spirit's just trying to been trying to slap you around and knock you in the head and tell you where you are but you refuse to listen and go on out there in denial but he's still talking and you can Honestly say where you are. And then it's simply a matter. Then it's simply a matter of coming home. It's simply a matter of saying, God, I cannot do it by myself. And so I want to seek deeper fellowship with you. I'm I'm with you, God. And I want to seek an an interdependence on the people around me. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about how we need each other too so it's not just you and God it's you and God and these people in the pews next to you who love you and who who lift you up and who encourage you and who seek to have you grow as well you come home 
and you rest in that reality. So, um, I'll finish with this. Um, remember, again, come, come join us next week. It's going to be really a powerful time, I believe. Um, but I'll finish with this. You know, every now and then, um, I'll watch some action movie, um, some, some action movie. It's, it's not the favorite of my wife necessarily, okay? She's, you know, she's more the chick flick type of thing. But, and I endure those too. But, but every now and then, you know, I'll watch a kind of an action adventure flick. And there may be some great catastrophe or maybe it's kind of an apocalyptic thing. Or, or there's just really bad people out to get the really, really good people. And, and here's the thing. When the, when the good people are being pursued... When they're being pursued, it often happens in the Hollywood movie and thing. Um, when they're being pursued, their whole thing is about keep moving, keep moving. Because if we, if we don't keep moving, then whatever is after us or whatever is going to happen is going to catch up with us and we will, we will die and that will be the end of it, you know. Of course, it's a movie, they never die, they always make it, right? So, so you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. We got we to gotta keep going. And there's, there's always that one person that says... Oh, I've got a hurt leg, and, and I'm slowing you down, so just leave me, right? And I'm like, okay, we'll leave you. Keep going. No. I'm like, if, if that happens here with us, y'all, don't be leaving me, all right? You take me. You drag me. Broke leg, everything. You drag me. So, so that's the mentality. Keep moving. Keep moving, because in moving, we survive. And here's the thing. For us spiritually, God says, just move in. Move in. Be still and know that I am God. Be with me. You've been transient way too long. You've been living this survival game way too long. Running out here, running out there. Thinking that in your mind, if you run and hide long enough, you'll actually get free. Doing your thing, running all over the place. He says, just come home. Stay here. And be with me. And in that reality, you will find the life that you have so longed to live. And in that reality, you will find strength. You will grow and you will become everything that God intended for you to be. Our Father and our God, we long to have a life with you. And God, there's just all kinds of junk out there that, that, that distracts us and wants our attention. By your spirit, will you give us the strength to simply come home and be with you? And whether there's a sin problem, an addiction problem, an, an issue, a struggle, whatever that is, it's been keeping us from coming home for so long, God. And, and just, can you just give us the confidence to know that as the prodigal son was welcomed home, you also welcome us home. That in fact it is a prerequisite for us to come home that we simply are sinners. And Father, may we begin to have life. And you as we connect to the vine. In Jesus' name, amen.